This evening, I'd like to take a couple minutes to look at a scripture in the first epistle of John in the second chapter. And uh, we'll look at maybe, uh, I'm not sure what to title it. Well, we will title Antichrists, plural, I guess. But uh, why... I guess looking for a to do this to buy to demystify some of this the antichrist and and uh, not the antichrist but antichrist in, in particular the plural of that and uh, you know maybe why what what's the difference uh, and I think uh, the scriptures tonight makes it very clear what the difference is. And as I look at this, and, and uh, I look at the, the us and the we's and the they's and them's, and uh, it makes you feel grateful, certainly grateful, but then it... Uh, It, as we look at others, and there is, there is something that makes a difference. There's something that makes a difference. There's something that uh, keeps us from being, I'll just say, anti-Christs, plural. And there is something that makes that difference, and, and it, it's not us. But yet, as we look at that, and we say this is us, then some would look at us, and, and I've had people say, that, uh, well, you're not the only ones, and I don't believe that. But yet, certainly, uh, we, as we look at this, are some that are set apart, that won't be part of this Antichrist's movement. So, First uh, John chapter 2, and uh, let's start in verse 18. Little children, it is the last time. And, and well, let, let me let me pause there. When it starts talking about last times, what do you think that means? Sometimes we think, well, we're getting closer to the end times and and uh, uh, getting closer to the rapture and so forth. Well, I won't say that's wrong, but when the scripture talks about last times. What does everything in the scriptures point to? When you go back, what does it all point to? You know, you go back and, and you look at the uh, Adam's shed blood where Eve came from. You look at the, the animal that shed blood that covered uh, Adam and Eve. And uh, you look at all these things all the way through the scriptures. Everything is pointing to the time Jesus Christ came. So whenever Jesus Christ came a couple thousand years ago, that's the beginning of the last times. Now, as we go on and on, I guess it's closer. But anyway, that's what it's talking about, last times. When Christ came, that's the beginning of the last time. That's what everything was pointing to. So, okay, let's try it again. <laughs> Verse 18. Little children, it is the last time. And as ye have heard... The Antichrist shall come. 
even now, there are many antichrists by which we know that it is the last time. And we know there is the antichrist that certainly will come. But now, as kind of a precursor of that, there are antichrists. Now, they didn't start till Christ came. But there are antichrists now. Now, there will be the antichrist. That's not necessarily our, our lesson this evening. I'd like to, you know, the antichrists, plural. Uh, now, there are many antichrists by which we know that it is the last time. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For had they been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that they were not all of us. So, uh, I, Brother Gene and I talked about this not too long ago, and we see different bodies of Christ, and all of a sudden individuals just leave, go out. And it kind of breaks our heart that they would go out. And we thought they were such a, a valuable member of this body. Of course, we don't know the end, but if they were not of them, as it says here, they went out, that might be manifest that they were not all of us, it's not a sad thing that they went out and separated themselves from them. Although our hearts may have grown close to some of them, but if they were not of them, then yes, uh, by the Lord's will, they went out from them. Now, again, we don't know the end. We don't know whether they'll be back or not. So many things we don't know. But, okay, so then 19, what, 18. But ye have an unction from the Holy One, and you know all things. I have not written unto you because ye know not the truth, but because ye know it, and that no lie is of the truth. Who is a liar but he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ? He is Antichrist that denieth the Father and the Son. Uh, this verse 22 is the first spiritual, scriptural thing that my father, uh, my earthly father uh, ever taught me. You know, we go looking at the Mosaic Law, and who's a liar? Well, somebody that told something, you know. Well, this tells us who a liar is. He that denies that Jesus is the Christ. Uh, that's, that's who a true liar is. And these true liars may not say it uh, that clearly with those particular words, deny that Jesus is the Christ, but yet in their belief, in their teaching, they certainly will be doing that, denying that he is the very Christ. So we'd like to look at these and look at the connections between these verses. And uh, let's read verse 18 and 22 together. Little children, it is the last time. As ye have heard, the Antichrist shall come. Even now there are many Antichrists, by which we know it is the last time. 
who is a liar, but he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ. He is Antichrist that denieth the Father and the Son. So certainly the Antichrist will, but the Antichrist plural are doing that now. They have been doing that from the time that the Lord uh, came on the scene. So Antichrist uh, would be, uh, I guess, if, if we look at a definition, would be an opponent of the Messiah. Because after all, that's what and, uh, Christ is, Messiah. So this uh, uh, Antichrist comes from two different words. And, and they're very simple. Opposite and Christ. So that's what Antichrist means. Opposite and Christ. So we look at, at Christ. So what is, what is Christ? Uh, Christ is a, is a word, and I think it's, it's uh, uh, the definition of it would be it's an epithet of Jesus. Uh, Christ was not his name. It was really a, a, a title. Uh, epithet is a name added, and it's a descriptive word describing uh, some quality or position of an individual, uh, expressing either real or a uh, implied quality of a person. So, the word president is an epithet. Sometimes they will say uh, Joe Biden or Mr. Biden. Sometimes they'll say Mr. President. Oh, that's an epithet of Joe Biden right now. He is our president. I think even the ex-presidents, I believe, keep that title, I believe. But president, that's an epithet. That tells us that word we know something about. That tells us something about that individual. President, Mr. President. That tells us something uh, about him. So that's what uh, Christ is. It's an epithet. It's not Jesus' name. It's, it's an epithet. Uh, so what does this... We know the president. We, we know something about president and how that uh, uh, tells different qualities and, and, and things about uh, our president, which is Mr. Joe Biden currently. But this epithet of Jesus, Christ, what does, what, does, what does it mean? So if we look at it in the Greek, maybe a little surprising to, to some, but it means contact, smear, or rub with oil. That's what Christ means the epithet it's it is contact to rub with oil to consecrate to an office or to anoint and when we think of that we think of the old testament priest how they were uh, How they were made priests, you know, they had to be a priest, had to be a true priest, had to be 
uh, of the nation of uh, Israel and, and uh, tribe of Levi and the seed of Aaron. So they would be priestly material, but to be a priest, they had to be anointed. And they was anointed with a, there's a special oil that the Lord uh, had the, uh, I hate to say a recipe, but a recipe. And they were to take this oil, pour it on from above. And, and this was an anointing to make them a priest. Uh, and so that's, that's the connection with oil there. So we can say, instead of saying Jesus Christ, and that's nothing wrong with that, but to make it, uh, I think, a little clearer and to give us a little more understanding, we would say Jesus the Christ. We might say Joe Biden the President. Dolores would probably say something else about Joe Biden if we let her talk, but maybe I would too. So we will go there. Uh, but Jesus the Christ. Jesus, this anointed one. Jesus, this one consecrated to an office. Uh, so, Jesus, the Christ, the anointed one. So then, Antichrist, whether it be the Antichrist or the many Antichrists, plural, that are already in the world. So, uh, Antichrist, the definition would be opposite of anointed one. That's simply what it means. It, Antichrist comes in two words, opposite and the anointed one. So, they're the opposite of the anointed one. If we look at opposites, we might say uh, there's a cup full of oil. What would be the opposite of that? A cup empty of oil. That'd be opposite. So as we look at Antichrist, it's the opposite of the anointed one. Or we could say anti-anointed. Opposite of Christ, the anointed one, would be anti-anointed. That's who these would be. They are and, and to simplify it, and to make our lesson, I think, very clear, not anointed. That's who, that, so here we're looking at the anointed and the not anointed. And the not anointed are called antichrists, plural. So as we look at this, there are those that are uh, anti-anointed. They are not anointed. But then look at verse 20. But ye have an unction from the Holy One, and ye know all things. And I think we, we know we don't know every single thing, but we know of Christ. We know He is the Christ. We know that He is the Anointed One. We know He is our Messiah. We know that He is our, our Savior. Uh, but this, this word here says you have an unction. What, what is that? Do we, what, do we, what do we look for? Is that something in our pockets? We have, we have an unction. What, what does that mean? Well, that word unction comes from the same word as Christ. 
It's not the same word, but it comes from the same word. So both Christ and unction comes from the same word. And then it means to furnish what is needed. Touch lightly or light upon. But that's very comforting to me. Should be very comforting to you. It talks about those antichrist. They went out from us, but they were never really of us. But you, on the other hand, but you have something. You have an unction. And again, that word unction, to furnish what is needed. To smear, uh, to uh, smear by anointing or contact to furnish what is needed. In the Old Testament, they were anointed with oil to make a high priest. I wasn't one to really get in tonight. The, there's been a uh, long-going uh, debate about priesthood, priesthood of the church or priesthood of the believer. Uh, and I believe they're the same thing. I think the believers will be in the Lord's church, so I don't think there's really any argument there. But you have this unction. They don't. Antichrists do not. They don't have this unction. And again, this unction furnishes what is needed. So I can see that applying to Christ. Uh, the, uh, the Christ furnishes what is needed. What is needed? Well, we fail in Adam. And we're all sinners because we fail in Adam. When Adam fell, we fell. So he furnished what is needed. He takes us from that because one man uh, fell, then because of the obedience of one, so many be made righteous. So he furnishes what is needed as our Christ. But that should make you feel blessed. But you have an unction. I, I don't, that's not something that would give us the big head. In fact, the opposite would say, Lord, I, I don't deserve that. We look at people that dedicate in their, their lives that may be studying the word and so forth, and, and, uh, uh, and yet they may be antichrists. But ye have an unction. What a blessing it is. And again, realizing, oh gosh, we, I don't deserve that. But yet, he has chosen to give that to you. So, verse 20, ye have an unction. But now verse 18 is not the case. Little children, it is the last time, and as ye have heard, the Antichrist shall come. Even now there are many antichrists, antichrists, anti-anointed ones, by which we know it is the last time. So there are these antichrists, plural, that they haven't received this anointing. They haven't received this unction. Yet some have received this unction. Again, we should be grateful and then to realize, gosh, I, 
I didn't earn this, didn't deserve this. Why, uh, why can we see this and so many can't see it at all? But ye have an unction, but the antichrists do not have this unction. Verse, skip over to verse 27. But the anointing which ye have received of him abideth in you, and ye need not that any man teach you. But as the same anointing teach you of all things, and is truth, and it is, and it is no lie, and even as it hath taught you, ye shall abide in him. So this is the same, this anointing is the same thing as that unction over there. You have an unction, that's what it's just saying again. But this unction, which ye have received, abideth in you. Talking to the bodies of Christ, have an unction. And you don't need that any man teach you. Now, we've had what I consider some great men, Brother Don and Brother Olson, teaching us here. But it wasn't them. It was this unction that led them. It is the unction that leads you and I. The Antichrists don't have that unction, that anointing. But this, verse 20, but the anointing which ye have, that's in the body of Christ, uh, received of him, abideth in you, and ye need not any man teach you. But as the same anointing teacheth you of all things, and is truth, and is no lie, you remember what a liar was? He that denieth that Jesus is the Christ, that is the Antichrist. But this unction says, teacheth you all things, and is truth, and is no lie, and even as it hath taught you, you shall abide in him. So that's the difference between, so as you would think of this, again, I want to demystify it. I know there'll be the Antichrist that will come and, and how he will appear. We don't know everything about him. He will be looked upon as uh, God and so forth. But anti, there are many Antichrists. There are many that are believing and teaching a lie that Jesus is the anointed one. Uh, they look at, uh, at other things as their savior other than Jesus Christ. Uh, they look at themselves as their savior. But they are believing a lie and taught a lie and they are anti-Christ. So as we look at it that way, Maybe there's a lot more of them in the world than maybe what we would have thought. Anti-Christ. But it says, But the anointing which you have received of him abideth in you. You need not that any man teach you. Now we want taught. We want to understand. We want to know more about the true Christ. We want to know more about the anointed one. But we don't depend upon man to teach us. 
Again, we had two great men, Brother Don, Brother Austin. But it wasn't them. It was the anointing they had along with the anointing that we have received. Because, see, their teaching with someone that doesn't have this anointing is, is fruitless. But as the same anointing teaches you of all things and is truth, and it is no lie. It's not going to deny that Jesus is the Christ, this anointing. Even as it has taught you, you shall abide in him. So what is this unction? What is this anointing that some have and some do not? And if some do not have this, they are of the antichrists. Plural. That's the difference we see here. They would be denying that Jesus is the Christ. Now, it won't be that plain, but in their belief, in their teaching, they're denying that he actually is the Christ, the anointed one. So what is this, this, this unction? Again, certainly, it is a wonderful thing that we should be so grateful for. And we should be even more grateful because we don't earn it, we don't deserve it, yet he's given to us. So what is it? Well, we've studied it a lot. Let's go to the Gospel of John, and let's start in uh, the 14th chapter. So this is the unction that separates us from the Antichrist, plural. Without it, we would be of those Antichrist, denying the truth. So, Gospel of John, chapter 26, and you are so familiar with it, and I am, and I'm so grateful that I am. I love looking at it. But this is what it's talking about. You have an unction. Everyone doesn't have this unction. Everyone doesn't have this anointing. Uh, John 14 and 26. But the Comforter, who is the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things, being all things you remember, whatever I said unto you. Now, this is Jesus talking to his church a short time before he was to be taken away. And he doesn't use the word unction here, but it would fit. But the unction, who is the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatever I've said unto you. Now this, uh, so this comforter, which is the Holy Spirit, he tells us what it would do. Uh, we could, let's go back to verse 16, that same chapter. And again, I know it's familiar to you, but this, this is the unction that it's speaking about. Verse 16, Jesus again telling his first church and also to us. And I will pray the Father and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. I believe he's speaking to the church. And verse 17 says, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But you know him for he dwells with you and shall be in you. So he is in you as a body of Christ and with you as members of that body. I was having a discussion many years ago with some uh, folks in Florida 
and they said to be led by this comforter, that every member of the church had to be together so all the pieces would be there that you'd be led by the comforter. So everybody had to be there. But this says, shall be in you as a body and with you as members of that body. And I said, well, if we all, if that's the only place we're led by the Spirit, if that's the only place we're led by this comforter, I said, I've got a big problem. Whenever I study at home, if I'm not led by the comforter, the only thing left is the energy of the flesh. They didn't have a good answer. They tried coming up with some answers, but they didn't have one. So this, this comforter, this spirit of truth, that he, at, that, at this point was going to be a future event. Jesus was the first comforter, and this comforter, the Holy Spirit, he was going to place in the church, and it would lead, guide, and direct them into all truth. So if we have this that leads, guides, and directs in all truth, then we'll, we will not be of those that are anti-Christ. If we don't have this that leads, guides, and directs into all truth, then we don't have this truth. We're denying that Jesus Christ is the Christ. So in... Uh, so that's John 14 and... Uh, We see it in John 15 as well, in verse 26. But our Lord again tells them, But when the Comforter is come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, who proceeded from the Father, he shall testify of me. So this Comforter is not going to testify of somebody else. It's going to testify of Jesus Christ. It will not deny that he is the Christ, but will testify that he is the Christ. And then if we go over to verse, uh, well, in, in chapter 16, and verse, uh, well, verse 7, our Lord again tells them, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the comforter will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. So he's telling them that this is a future event to them. That I will send this to you. Uh, one place there it says, I, I will not leave you comfortless. And then in verse 13, Nevertheless, when he... The spirit of truth has come. Or we can say that unction. Nevertheless, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. Not going to teach a lie, is he? A liar is one that denies that Jesus is the Christ. But with this unction, with this comforter, will not teach a lie. Nevertheless, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. He shall glorify me. So this comforter, this unction, will glorify the Lord. What about those that say, well, if you want to get to heaven, here's a list. And it's all up to you. Who are they glorifying? Not the Lord. They're glorifying themselves. So then they would be antichrists. 
because they don't have his spirit. They deny that Jesus is the Christ. So uh, he shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine and shall show it unto you. All things that the Father hath are mine, therefore I, uh, I said I that he shall take of mine and show it unto you. So this is the unction. And our lesson says, but ye have an unction from the Holy One. And you know all things. Because that's all that this unction will teach. It will glorify the Father and the Son. That's what it teaches. It doesn't glorify man. So when we hear individuals preaching or talking, whatever, it doesn't take long to figure out who they're glorifying. Now, will the Lord convert them from that? You know, we don't know. He may use you to do so. So, in, now let's go to Acts, uh, the first chapter, uh, to look at this unction, this comforter that he was talking about. And that, this comforter is the same thing as the unction that in our text is, uh, but you have this unction. It's the same thing as this comforter. And Acts... Chapter 1, and in verse 4, And being assembled together with them, commanded them. This is the the, uh, first church. Commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait. What were they going to wait for? What did our Lord instruct them to wait for? I believe it was very important. Wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard from me. We just read it where he told them. We, we read, he said, you heard it from me. We just read where he, he told them in John 14, 15, 16, and other places, of course. But we just read that. As you wait for that comfort. You wait for that spirit of truth. said, do not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for this promise that I told you about, this comforter, this unction. And then five, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Now this doesn't do away with water baptism, but it distinguishes what this is. You're going to be baptized with with something else. You as a church are going to be baptized with something else. Not many days from now. And I want you to wait for it. Don't go out and, and, and be witnessing in the uttermost parts of the earth. You wait. You wait. Uh, don't you depart from Jerusalem. You wait for this promise. You wait for this comfort. You wait for this unction. Is that important? Oh, yes, it's going to lead God and direct into all truth. It's going to glorify Him. It's going to cause us not to glorify ourselves. So then he, he says, John, you truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Verse 8. But ye shall receive power. 
after the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to uttermost parts of the earth. But not until they receive this unction, not until they receive this comforter. So this is very valuable. And when it says, but you have an unction, that's what it's talking about. Now, in, uh, I think we have time. So it talks about this, and it may seem mystical, but we can see where this actually takes place. He said, I don't want you to leave Jerusalem. You wait. You'll be endued with power from on high. There are some things that take place and everything. But he said, you wait till you receive his power. Then, and only then, will you be witnesses to me in all these places. You need this unction. You need this power to lead, guide, and direct into all truth. But we can see when it takes place. In the, uh, and Buddy, I know you're very aware of this as well. In the second chapter of Acts, we can see this. He said, I want you to wait for it. Wait till this uh, takes place. You, you wait for this promise that you will receive. You wait for this power. You wait for this unction. And we see it in the second chapter of Acts actually taking place. And when the day, verse 1, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, just like he instructed them. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven like a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. Now, let me just point out something here. It filled this house. It doesn't say it splashed and did other places. It filled this house. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues as a fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So this speaking with other tongues, was this kind of some kind of gibberish that nobody understood? No, that was the purpose of the comforter, wasn't it? It would lead, guide, and direct into all truth. Uh, the, has given them an understanding. So, um, so verse 5, and this, this helps explain this speaking, these tongues that it's speaking of here. And there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men out of every nation under heaven. So there's all kinds of languages and everything here. Now when this was noise abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded because every man heard them speak in their own language. So this was, well, it was miraculous is what it was. But every man, there's all these different nations here, but they all heard. And, and I, I know when we visited the, the uh, United Nations, they have, uh, they now, there was, in every seat there, whatever country's at, there's a little wire and a little earphone you could clip on your ear. And whoever was speaking, you could hear it in your own language. Now I'm sure they got electronic earbud and, and translators and things like that. But that's what this was. Everybody could hear. It was clarified for them. And this, I think this reverses what took place at the Tower of Babel. You know, Tower of Babel, he, they were very fruitful in building, and I don't understand everything about this Tower of Babel, but they were very fruitful in building this tower. 
But the Lord confused the language. What happened? Well, that was the end of it, wasn't it? This is the place where that's reversed. Do you think those that under the leadership of this spirit will be fruitful? And the answer is yes. And only because of this. So, now when this, is verse 6, Now when this was noised abroad, uh, the multitude came together and were confounded because every man heard them speak in their own language. And they were all amazed, marveled, saying one to another, Behold, are not all these who speak Galileans? And how hear we every man in our own tongue wherein we were born? So, this is miraculous. But see, that's what the comfort does. That's what this anointing does. Uh, our lesson says, but you have an unction from the Holy One. You know all things. We got that earbud, so to speak, translating this for us, that we would understand that we would give all honor and glory to the Lord and not take any of it on ourselves. So, actually, let me go back there and ask a minute. Uh, uh, well, we'll just uh, leave that at that there in Acts. But they, uh, uh, the Lord told him, you wait, you go, and you wait for this promise that I told you about. And we see where the promise was given to them. It opened their understanding. And this is anointing that we read about the comforter leads, guides, and directs into all the truth. And that's the unction. That's the unction that he has given. So our text, First uh, John 2 and 18. Little children, it is the last time. And as you have heard, the Antichrist shall come. Even now... Uh, uh, even now, there are many antichrists by which we know that it is the last time. There are many that are glorifying themselves. They don't have that unction. And uh, says they were not from us, but they were not of us. And again, as I, as the, the earthly man of myself, see some individuals leave some true bodies of Christ. It saddens me. But then I think, well, it really shouldn't. If they go out because of this doctrine, if they go out because they want man glorified instead of the Lord, then that's a good thing that they went out from them because they were never actually part of them. Although we may have thought that they were, but they were not actually. But then, verse 20, but ye have an unction. Where's it from? Well, from the Holy One, that you, you should know all things. So again, this comforter leads, guides, directs into all truth. Uh, I, I think I'll just leave with that. We could go uh, uh, to some other things. Uh, we could be looking at baptism in connection with this. Uh, we could look at a place one time. There's a group that... Uh, uh, they asked him, said, well, have you received the Holy Spirit uh, since you believed? And they said, well, we don't know anything about the Holy Spirit. 
because these people were baptized. And they, so the question was, uh, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? And they said, well, we don't know anything about the Holy Spirit. What does that tell you? Had they been on the day of Pentecost in that upper room where that sound of a rushing mighty wind came and people heard in their own language, they would knew something about the Holy Spirit. They said, we don't know anything about any Holy Spirit. So they was outside of this body. They weren't there when the Holy Spirit came upon this body of Christ, the first church. The Holy Spirit filled that church. Now some were asked, have you received the Holy Spirit? We don't know anything about the Holy Spirit. They were not there. So then how, so these that were not there on the day of Pentecost, didn't know anything about the Holy Spirit, how are they going to have this connection? Is this connection important? That's what leads, guides, and directs in all truth, yes. So how, how are we going to have this connection? And that's where baptism comes in, because they were baptized then. And it's the same today. I wasn't there on the day of Pentecost. But I'm baptized into a true body of Christ and down through the ages that has been passed on from one church to another. I don't believe it's given to an individual. I believe it's given to the bodies of Christ. May the Lord bless the speaking of his word. We're dismissed.